Disclaimer. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the author and or or his speaker and do not in any way represent the views of any institution and its employees or students. All the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are an analysis of a law student and they do not constitute legal advice. Please consult a lawyer for your legal concerns. Hi, thank you for listening to the ninth episode of this podcast. I hope you and your family are safe and doing well. In this episode, we will talk about some famous lines and fillers of law students which you will often hear during their recitations. You are listening to The Introverted Law Student, a Filipino aspiring lawyer's stories and guides. In the previous episodes, we already mentioned and talked about law school recitations. And yes, the recitations are the most fearful part of being a law student. It is one of the reasons why people say that law school is difficult and eventually even decided not to pursue law. And I won't deny, it is indeed difficult, especially when there are times that you haven't been able to study or read all the coverage for the subject or what we collectively call as readings. Before we begin, Let's start with some trivia. The popularity of the so-called Socratic method in legal education is evident. But what is Socratic method? The Socratic method is named after the Greek philosopher Socrates, who taught students by asking them question after question. Socrates sought to expose contradictions in the students' thoughts and ideas to then guide them to solid tenable conclusions. The purpose of the method is to teach students to use critical thinking, reasoning, and logic. As a student, I admit that I am not really good at recitations, and I am not really good at expressing myself or even explaining myself, as the mere idea of recitation gives me chills. There are times that I know the answer, but when I get called, I cannot turn my answer into words correctly in a way that other people can understand. But I might say that the Socratic method is really helpful when used correctly. And we have some great professors who can use this method well. And of course, there are some who are not really good at it. So, but in law school, you will find that you don't have much time to complain and you just have to get things done. And there are times when you even go to class and prepared. So enough with the intro and let us begin. In no particular order. Number 10. 
Sorry, I haven't read the case. I cannot give you the number of times I heard this during my first year in law school. And I understand it during that time. For first-year law students, being given with 10, 20, and up to 30 cases for one subject is shocking. I've been there. Those were the days when I go to class without even getting any sleep because I have to finish all the given cases. Now that I'm in my third year, it is common for me to hear freshmen complaining about being given a lot of cases only to find out that they were given only 10, which is the bare minimum. As I look back, I'm thankful that I have spent a lot of time reading all the coverage on a subject even if I am not on deck. To be honest, I avoid having backlogs since first year because my fear is that even if I'm not on deck, there may be times when I might be asked a question and I would be humiliated because I do not know the answer or could not even state a reason or any reason about it because I don't have any basis. I'm thankful also because I have learned how to read cases in full text without the need of reading case digest. Number 9 Based on my understanding I am guilty of using this line whenever the professor asks something which I don't really know the answer to or I'm not really that sure. This line is like admitting that in reality, attorney, I don't really understand. But sometimes it's good to know that your answer is correct. And if it's wrong, you don't have to be disappointed because you indirectly admitted in the first place that you are not that sure. But you have to bear in mind that there are some professors who will say, Do I care about your understanding? Number 8 I believe This is somehow related with based on my understanding, but I find it funny because sometimes that when we do not know or we, don't, we are not sure of the answer, we still try to sound good about it. However, the real question is, does the professor care about what we believe in? In that case, we don't really know. Number 7 Based on my readings I tend to use this line most of the time. This, in other words, means that, Yes, attorney, for your information, I have read all the readings you provided, which are only bulk of cases with the same doctrines. Or sometimes, this could also mean that I really have not read anything, but maybe I will not be noticed. Number 6 Attorney, can you repeat the question? Ever since we transitioned to remote learning, I often hear this line. I sometimes use this, but only in those cases where the line of the professor is really inaudible or unintelligible. But recently, I discovered that even this line is considered as a technique which enables some to have time and search 
or look for the answers. But I'm not really sure how many of us are guilty of this or if the technique is really that useful or helpful. Considering that the amount of time you can buy with it is somehow insignificant and the risk that your professor might think that you are just doing it deliberately only to buy time or just to buy time. Number 5 Assuming that In Socratic method, we may be asked hypothetical situations which are examples for us to analyze and give our conclusion according to the law. However, sometimes the professor may not give the whole situation in full or you can't answer without adding or assuming some additional facts. In this case, we often use this line. And sometimes, for the professor, the facts are complete in itself. And you don't have to assume. Don't feel bad because most often than not, they are correct. And most of their hypothetical situations are questions which they studied thoroughly or it may be taken from some previous bar exams. In the classroom, the professor is like the Supreme Court. They are always correct. So just get this over it. Number four, in the case of, or in article. I have a friend or classmate who often says this before reciting a case or an article. Before, I was not a fan of this. However, I find myself using this a lot at the start of my case recitations. For example, Mr. Roque, recite the case of Gonzalez. Then I will say, okay, attorney, in the case of Gonzalez versus CA, and so on. However, these can also be used in a different manner. These lines are often used by students who love memory work and they are quite impressive because they can recite really well and they are very good at it. However, they often fail when the professor asks follow-up questions or somehow changes the situation. That is when you will hear them say the next filler words. Number 3 And I am also guilty of using this. I feel like this has been some kind of mannerism or something when we speak. It's a subtle way to say or of saying that, wait, attorney, I'm thinking. And it's funny because most of the time, you won't really be able to find the correct answer in, the, in your notes because the answer is already given in what you have already recited. And the professor just wants you to think and apply it for him or her to know if you really understand. Number two, the petitioner or the respondent. I also plead guilty to this. There are times when there are so many characters in a case when I don't have the time to even care who they are. That is why I call them collectively, if they are either the petitioner or the respondent. Number 1. The court ruled. To be honest, 
this is my favorite line ever. Especially when reciting a case. This is the line where I could finally feel at ease because it means that I'm already done reciting, except if there are follow-up questions or when I haven't recited the case correctly. In conclusion, there are a lot of things that law students do to prepare themselves in every class. This list is not accurate to express those hard preparations and sleepless nights where law students study and read the readings. Although it can be funny to look back at your mannerisms and faulty answers at times, I believe what matters most is that as time passes by, we all learn with our experiences. And as I always say, do things that help you learn and only you yourself can know what it is. We all have significant differences, especially in our learning style and study habits. There is no absolutely correct way of studying and learning. Everyone is different, meaning What's working for me may not work for you or for others. My concept of an ideal teacher may not be ideal for you or for others. Everything is subjective and subject to different variables which must be given respect. Lastly, I would like to thank you for coming up to this part. If you have a piece of law school advice or story which you would like to share, or any comments or suggestions, don't hesitate to contact me through our social media accounts or email, which you can see in the show notes. I will definitely include it on our next episodes. for listening to the introverted law student please don't forget to subscribe